Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. A podcast where I try to figure out how and why I'm still single, even though I will finger your ear if that's something you're into. My guest today, you know him and you love him. He's from the podcast Doughboys, know the. He wrote for Party Over Here. He currently writes for Sarah Silverman. Oh no, America. Oh. That's good. That was good. That's close enough. I love you, America. I love you, America. You know him and you love him. (laughs) I won't do it a third time. Usually I'm really good at intros and I forgot to look up if you were currently writing on a show. So I'm embarrassed. Well, it was safe to assume that I was not currently writing on a show. I've had a stretch of inactivity (laughs) lately, so. Well, Doughboys takes up a lot of time. I I mean, kind of. I mean, Mitch is a curmudgeon. You gotta go to his little dungeon. Yeah, hang out with his cat. Sure, you got to eat a shitty meal. <laughs> I mean, his cats are lovely, by the way. They are Wally very, very they're adorable. Sweet. And you know, speaking of of petable guys, Charlie and Clyde are here in the studio. Yeah, yeah, Your dogs. Yeah. I gave Charlie a lot of affection earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a pink tail, pink and purple mm-hmm. dyed tail. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. He just he just turned around to take a look at it. How about that? He was like, "Let me see what you're talking about." <laughs> I'm not sure I remember my tail color. They've been loving their tails. Clyde, you can't really tell because he's darker, but his tail, and I've been holding him because he's bad. Yes. His tail is a little orangey. Oh, yeah, right. Kind of a kind of lion-y. Yeah, he's a little lion. Oh, he's so bad. He shit right up in my house today. That's horrible. He went downstairs, looked at me, and squatted down, and I said, hey, stop. And he didn't. And then I brought him in here. He looked around. He said, Seems good. And I took another shit right in here. And usually he doesn't do that. I think maybe he's been alone a lot all week. Both of them have because I've been shooting more episodes. I've nailed it. And uh, John, my roommate, has been working a lot. So Mm -hmm. they've just been alone. Do you have animals? No. And and actually, you know, we love animals and I love dogs. But we we have a we have partly it's our apartment situation. Mm -hmm. And then also it's partly there's such a. 
there's such a there'd be such a labor divide between mm-hmm. the amount of work my wife would have to do and the amount of work I would have to do because I'm I'm working a lot of times I'm working and I'm I'm not the mm-hmm. I'm not home for long stretches so that 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 seems unfair to me anyway um she'd be it fine is. with it yeah it is unfair John does a lot more of the heavy lifting I feel like. There are children, and I'm the dad mm. who's a little bit of a deadbeat who's like, I, I provide food for them. <laughs> right. You love them and walk them. I'll go to work and I'll buy food. Right. How long have you been married? We got married in 2010, so okay. it's seven and a half years, coming up on eight years. It'll be eight years in September. Ooh. And, uh, and so we... And we it, it and we were dating for a while before that. I think actually we're I think we're reaching the inflection point where we're going to be married for longer than we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh. But we yeah I think we started dating when we were twenty two. I'm thirty seven now. So That's such a long time. It really is. How did you know that your wife was the person that you wanted to marry? Well, I think like that was. You know, because we were just sort of dating for a while and, and then dating seriously and like, you know, and then living together. And I think once I think honestly, I think it was the point where we moved in, to, when, mm-hmm. in with in together. I was trying to say in with each other and in together at the same time. It just <laughs> ended up sounding like a garbled mess. Um, I think when we moved in together, I kind of knew at that point. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we both were kind of like, oh, yeah, this is just like a thing. And then when we eventually got married, it, there was like even a casualness about that where it's just like, yeah, this is the thing to do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think we, I, I mean, like we, this is so, I sound like such a fucking lame wad when I say <laughs> this, but my wife is my best friend and that's how oh. I feel. I really do feel like she's my best friend and we, like, I, I enjoy talking with her. Uh, she really makes me laugh. Ugh. She like groans at my bullshit, which is mm-hmm. great because I don't have a lot of people in my life who do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I think that was the big basis of it. It was, was we just really genuinely like spending time with each other. I think that's so nice. I don't think that's lame. I only really want to date someone I like spending time with. I spend a lot of time with people that I'm like, well, I guess I hang out with you again to get the sex. (laughs) Oh yeah. But I don't want to cause you're bad. Right. Oh boy. So it's like a thing I've heard about where like when you buy I've only heard about this, but mm-hmm. like you buy weed from somebody and then you have to like spend t- like spend time hanging out with them. I've only heard about this. <laughs> but but uh, like, you know, it's like the, the lame yes. drug dealer is just like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, I got to listen to this guy's record. Yes. Just because I want to score some. Uh, mm-hmm. Some, Some sweet, sweet weed. Yeah, exactly. I was searching for a synonym for weed and I realized ganja. I didn't know any. Yeah, there you go. Ganja. Marijuana. <laughs> uh uh, little little green nugs. <laughs> Jazz cigarettes. Jazz cigarettes is very yes. funny, and uh, I think that's all I'm gonna call uh, joints from now on. <laughs> jazz cigarettes. I'm gonna smoke some jazz if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, okay, I've never been in a long term relationship. So when you went from casual dating yes. to serious dating, was there a conversation, or did you both just know? Okay, I want I do want to return to you saying you've never been in a serious relationship yes. because I do have I have a very I have a follow-up question about that. Okay. So I I mean again it was I think we were just spending a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. It was in a phase where we'd but we started dating when we finished college. And so I went to we're both from Long Beach area, Long Beach, oh, California. Okay. 
Um, and we actually knew each other in middle school and high school, but we're mm-hmm. not friends. We're not, you know, we're, I, I, we were acquaintances. We knew who each other were, but, and we had a few conversations, but like, we're not friendly really. Uh, and then we went to separate colleges. I went to UCLA. She went to, uh, University of California, Berkeley. She moved back down to uh, Southern California after she finished school. I was still in LA and we just started seeing each other again. Um, or see, like we started running into each mm-hmm. other again, rather. And then we just started, you know, like hanging out and having conversations and realizing we had a lot in common. And part of that was because we had this shared, like, you know, the shared circle of friends from growing up together. We had all this, we knew all the same references. We do that, you know, and, and so having that shared history was a big foundation for our relationship. But when we were dating early on, it was a lot of, it was very casual. It was a lot of like, Hey, let's go get food. And then we'll like go back to my apartment or we'll, Mm -hmm. you know, and we'll just hang out there for a little bit. So there was a lot of, I feel like it, what I'm trying to say, I feel like a lot of the basis of our relationship early on was hanging out. Mm -hmm. So when it turned into a more serious, it was just like, Oh, we're just going to hang out more and Ah. we're just hanging out and spending more time together. And, and, and then eventually moving into each other again, like I said earlier, just Mm -hmm. seemed like the logical next step. But you said you never been in a serious relationship. No. Weren't you married at some point? Yes. Okay, so how <laughs> No, but I just I get what you're saying, but I yes. just want to clarify like what 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 was this marriage situation? So, I had gotten myself $30,000 in debt in one year because no one explained to me that when you get a credit card, yes. buy now pay later is not real. Right. It's not real at all. If you don't have the money to buy it, you shouldn't buy it. Yes. How old were you? I was uh, 19. Okay. And- uh, Wow, that's young to have a lot of, that much debt. Well, what happened was my dad thought he was doing me a favor. So I had a Discover card. Yeah. And it looked like these 19 and 20-year-olds were paying off large sums of money. He was trying to help us build credit. So I left my credit card in a cab, and then he said, I cut you off. So I didn't have a card anymore. So then I started- um, Applying for cards, I got a Hello Kitty credit card, I got a Macy's card, I got a Capital One card, and then they all gave me like a $5,000 limit. Oh, because your dad had you on the account. because I had good credit. Got it. So I maxed all those out, and then they raised my limit because they were like, well, eventually she'll pay all this back because that's what she's been doing. Right. So then I said to myself, I can't pay this back. This is a lot of, I don't. I, at that point, I was making $7.50 an hour at a retail job in New York City, and my rent was $500 a month, and I was only really making $1,000 a month, Jesus. which is <laughs> insanity that anyone ever has to live like that. Yeah. But I wasn't the only person living like that. So many people live like that now, right. and it sucks. So I said to myself, I've heard a very quick way to make money is getting married. So I went on Craigslist to find someone looking for a wife, and I met with a man in New Jersey, which in hindsight was not the best thing to do, to just go to Jersey by myself. He was an older man, and he got really mad at me when I said I wasn't going to move in with him. And I was like, I think I'm just going to leave. And I like essentially ran away from him because I was like, I don't feel good about this. Then I met with this man on 14th Street at a dim sum place that's I think closed now, and he lived in Williamsburg, and he also wanted me to move in. And I was like, well, Williamsburg is like kind of cute, so like maybe I will. And then he's like, and you'll sleep in my bed. And I was like, I don't want that. I don't know you. And he's like, that's a deal breaker. And I was like, <laughs> well, then I guess I can't do that. And then my roommate at the time uh, was working at a bar with a Brazilian girl 
whose friend needed to get married. So she got married before me. And I was like, you took my idea. You literally hijacked my idea. So she married this guy. And then I was like, well, what do I do? And then she and her friend were at a gas station and I get a phone call and she said, Nicole, we found someone for you to marry. He works in a gas station in Queens. We're coming to pick you up. So then they pick me up in a PT Cruiser, which is like already a mistake. Wait, so this isn't someone from Craigslist. This is someone they found. No, this is someone that my roommate and her friend found okay. for me. They drive me in this PT Cruiser to Queens. So East Elmhurst, Queens, I think. It was so far out in Queens. And I meet him and he's really sweet. And he was like, you have kind eyes. And I was like, do you have money? And he was like, yes. So then we were like, all right, let's do it. So then we filed for a marriage certificate. And Just then, like you jumped straight to that. Straight to that. Like a week later, filed for a marriage certificate. He gave me like two grand for that. And then we got married maybe a month later at City Hall in Queens. A woman named Dory married us. I had bangs and blue eyes because I thought I was Lil' Cam. <laughs> My wedding pictures are literally insane. Wow. And uh, we were married for a year. And then uh, my dad passed away maybe like six months after I got married. And I told him I needed some time to myself. And he right. said, okay. So then like three, four months passed when... Uh, me and my sister were trying to settle his estate because he didn't have a will. And you guys have to have a will. If you get to a certain age, just have a will. Otherwise, it is a mess for the people who you're leaving your stuff to. Because yeah. what happens is your property reverts to the state. Then you have to fight with the state to get it back. And then also my dad had tennis cans filled with pennies all around the house that we had to go take to the bank. And they were like, why do you have so many? And we're like, I don't know. It was a long process. So then... um, I texted him. I was like, okay, I'm ready to do more interviews. Uh, I settled his estate. Like, I'm in a better state of mind. Then he didn't respond for like a month. And then I contacted him again. I was like, hey, buddy, uh, what's going on? Didn't hear anything. And I was like, well, I can't be married to this man who won't talk to me. So then me and my sister asked the estate lawyer. We were like, do you know anything about marriage? Can I get a divorce from someone who's like not responding to me? She's like, well, technically... You filed your taxes in Jersey and New York. You can claim New Jersey residency. And in New Jersey, all you have to do to get divorced is serve your husband divorce papers. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay. So paid for that, served him papers. He called me and was like, you're a bitch. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then, and that's all he said. He but left he wasn't, me a message that said, you're a bitch. But he wasn't responding to you no. earlier. And I sent him a very long text that was like, yeah. well, if you don't respond to me, I don't know I don't know where you are. And I can't just be married to someone where I don't know where they are. Right. Then he never responded to that. Then my sister drove me to the Freehold Courthouse at like 8 in the morning and I was granted a divorce. Were, so were you open to reconciling with him if he'd responded yes. to you? And yes. you basically it just reached a point of no return. Kind of. I think so much time has passed and I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. Um, we had done one interview that went well. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he lost citizen. I don't know where he is in the process. It was 10 years ago, over 10 years ago. No. So he was specifically he was specifically marrying you for citizenship. Yes. And got I it. was specifically marrying him for $10,000. I only got 4,000 of it. 
didn't pay any of my bills, <laughs> truly got my hair done and took improv <laughs> classes. Hey, that was a positive step. Yes! That was an investment in you, it turned out. Yes, it turns out it was good. You were, you were better spending your money on that than on, I mean, for 99.9% .9 of people, that would be foolhardy. But for you, <laughs> you were better off spending that money on improv classes than yeah. paying off your credit card debt. Yeah, I don't know. If I had like applied it to my debt and really actually tried to pay my debt, I don't know where I'd be right now. Right. That's I truly don't know. What a crazy alternate reality right? that is. If I was like, oh, I'll be responsible and I'll pay my debts, I would probably still be working at Lane Bryant, probably making, I would say, a cool $15 an hour because it's been over 10 years. Yeah. And I think the minimum wage is 13 now. So I think I'd be making a little bit over. <laughs> and probably uh, you'd be scaring women who uh, are kind of my mom's age who go in to shop there. <laughs> uh huh. They'd be like, why are you so loud? I'm like, I want you to be happy in our clothes. Uh, retail is awful. Did right. you have, what was like one of your jobs before comedy? Well, okay. So I, I spent a lot of time working in video games. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, uh, oh, can I ask you one more marriage question real yes, quick? Sorry, please. before we move it. Were you, when you guys were married, were, was there ever a point where there was any sort of intimacy? No. No. So it was never even yeah. like, maybe maybe not even like a kiss for the cameras? We kissed, or We kissed at the wedding. Okay. And it was a very, it was a very light tap. Got it. It was just a, mm. Got it. And that was just basically to, to seal, to sell it. That was just for a photo. Got so it. So my roommate who set us up was at the wedding and then his best friend was at the wedding as a, wet, a witness. So we just kissed for that picture. And I have the picture and it's wild. Yeah. The whole wedding situation is wild. This is a fascinating chapter of your life this year. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so I, so as far as for your job question, so I worked yeah. in the video game industry for a long time before I, actually as I started to take UCB classes and before that when I started to take classes at this other improv theater uh, called Ultimate Improv that is now shuttered in Westwood, uh, the Westwood neighborhood of West LA. Uh, but before that, my shitty college jobs were, I didn't have a job until college. And mm -hmm. then in college I had shitty jobs where I was a, uh, I worked at a bookstore for a while. Mm -hmm. I was just stocking shelves there, and then I also there were shifts I had to do at the warehouse. Um, and then, and it was it was mostly physical labor, but it was sometimes you know someone would walk over and be like, "Hey, well, where's the biology books?" Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, they're over there. You know, and that was basically it. Uh, and so that was pretty brain a pretty brain brainless job that I was pretty bad at because mm -hmm. I was just the one thing you had to do was show up on time, and that was an age when I just was not showing up on time to things, even though it's I'm pretty fanatical about it this, these days. Uh, and then the 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 uh, then after that, I worked at a computer lab, mm -hmm. and that was pretty easy like what'd you it, have to do just sit at a computer yeah i mean like so i had there were two different computer labs i worked in one was one a, a very highly trafficked computer mm -hmm. lab where there were a, a bunch of people you know and i would have to like ass assist people with their computer issues or programming pr questions if they had them i was a, a math major and I, I, I knew a good amount of computer programming at least at the time um and the other lab mm -hmm. was like at the top floor of this like remote building <laughs> and so no one ever used it and i would have like four hour shifts where i would be in there mm -hmm. and it would j be just me alone in this room with like one like 30 computers and just me at my one big computer up front like waiting for anyone to get in there huh. and so so it, that was like that was great because I would just bring in a DVD mm -hmm. and just like watch like Austin Powers two, 
And then, you know, I, I, the, the wage was better than some other uh, campus jobs because you had supposedly had some sort of computer mm-hmm. expertise to have it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, uh, uh, oh, and then after that, I worked at the I worked in my first video game job was probably the shittiest job I had working at Activision. Mm-hmm. I worked in computer support uh, or, or rather phone support for people's computer problems with their video games, huh. which was a lot of moms basically calling in and Why saying, Why won't the Grand Theft Auto load? It's exactly that. It, it, but like a lot of it was, you know, like I bought, uh, I bought. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 for the GameCube. Uh, why won't it work in my son's Xbox? And having to explain, like, well, those are different systems. It's not going to work on that. And then they're suddenly mad at me for... Well, why didn't anyone tell me when I bought it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was the GameStop guy's fault. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so, and, and there you're, you're basically, your hands are tied and you're just sort of mm-hmm. there to absorb people's abuse because they're Ugh. mad at the company, and but there's nothing you can do to help them. So you're just like, yeah, I'm mad at, that sucks. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, and then I worked also as a game tester, which mm-hmm. was just so miserable because it's this giant basement. I feel like we're pretty far afield from uh, from why won't you date me? This, no. where, this is more of a career I just retrospective. Wanted to know. <laughs> and uh, uh, so we were in this. It was just this giant basement uh, with uh-huh. like you know. 150 TVs and just like sweaty guys who I all feel look like, you've like had me. A lot of jobs in front of TVs and screens. Honestly, yes. I'd say I'd spent I've spent most of my life looking at some sort of screen. Do you have bad eyes? Uh my eyes, I got LASIK. Oh, that's very scary to me. Let me tell you, it it is scary. And it also does not permanently fix your eyes. No, you have to go, like get touched up. Yeah, I went to the optometrist this year, and they're like, "Oh yeah, your right eye is bad again." <gasps> I'm just like, "Oh, so I've got to now I've got to get glasses for this late after getting this laser surgery ten years ago." Oh, oh, so ten years ago. Yeah. Okay, but so it, it, that's like well, a boob job. You have to like get it redone every couple oh. of years. Like I think it's every like maybe five or seven years you got to get new implants. Right. Your butt you got to upkeep. You've got implants in there. Here's a question. Yeah. Did you date anyone before your wife, or is she the only person you've touched? I would say not the only person I've touched, but I would say the only serious uh, like re- adult relationship mm-hmm. I've had. Because I would say the other the other girlfriends I had were like middle school. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it was yes. like because you got together very young. Yeah, but but you know, twenty two. I mean, that That's was enough to have, young. yeah, it's pretty young. But I mean. But it was like I I didn't have anyone I dated it like in college where it was like, oh, this was this was a serious relationship mm-hmm. I had in college. You know, I had people like I dated, uh, but that was but yeah, so I I guess in that sense. And she she did have a like a a, a boyfriend basically for all of college. It was mm-hmm. a very serious relationship. So I feel like part of our relationship was me sort of lo- like her, I kind of knowing what what a relationship entailed, mm-hmm. and me kind of being like, oh, okay, you know, oh, getting shown the ropes a little okay. bit, yeah. Because I'm also like, I, I try to be a a pleasant person as much as possible, but I'm also kind of dumb and naive in a lot of ways. I don't think you're dumb at all. I think you're a very smart person. Oh, that's nice of you to say. You're welcome. <laughs> but but I, I think maybe dumb to some, here's how I'd, I'd characterize it. Maybe, maybe I got a lot of facts up in the old uh-huh. noodle, but <laughs> some social interactions, mm-hmm. I maybe have trouble like picking up on like, oh, this is the right way to handle this. You know ah, what I mean? I maybe, fair. I don't have quite the social, what was that? So, is social intelligence, is that a thing? I think it's picking up on social cues or yeah. reading a room. Yeah, exactly. I, I maybe sometimes have issues with that. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to, it, you know, it, I, I do get some assistance with those issues. I personally sometimes get so angry that I say 
very hurtful things to people mm. and I'll like cut down a person and then after I've done it, I feel very good. But then <laughs> wow. a minute or two later, I go, you got the reaction you wanted yeah. and you made them feel bad. Right Now you feel bad that you've made them feel bad. So now you have to apologize to them and then an apology never feels enough because you were so personal yeah. and mean. Right. Uh, yeah. I. That's like one of the things I have a very hard time with. If you ever like viciously personally insulted me, I would be <laughs> devastated. Oh, no. Because, because I really like I think you're you're so funny and so talented. And I would feel like, oh, if she didn't, if she disrespected me or didn't like me, I would feel like that was such a, a judgment from someone I respected. I feel like you would never do anything to make me angry. Hmm. Eh, I, I feel like I could. Not, I not, don't. I can't think of what it would be, but I think I, I, mean, I've, I've angered people in my maybe life. Maybe in like a writer's room if I got frustrated with you. Oh, see that? I don't think that. There you'd get frustrated because I just check out. And those, mm. <laughs> I'm just like playing Hearthstone on my laptop where I'm supposed to be paying attention in a meeting. Writer's rooms are very interesting. Yeah. I I think I thought a writer's room was people get together and then they go, all right, we have a TV show. You'll write an episode and you'll write an episode and you'll write an episode and break. And then the episodes are written and yeah. TV happens. It's just, it's a lot of like getting to know each yes. other and then games. And then they're like, all right, now we have to write episodes. Right. And I feel they're, they're interesting. I like them. I, uh, I, I do like them too. They're, they're super fun. You get to, if, if, if you're in there with funny and nice people, it's mm -hmm. like a blast. It's like the most fun you can have at, at something that's still a job. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I will say that the rigidity that you suggested, it, a lot of rooms would probably benefit from, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I was only head writer once on 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 a show we worked on together and I don't yes. think I did a very good job, but it was it was very uh, it, it's it's a very tough position to be mm -hmm. in because you've got to manage everyone's voices and everyone's egos. Not that we really had any ego issues on that mm -hmm. show, but they do exist on some shows. Um, and then also you've got like all this logistics shit to worry about because uh -huh. you've got all these you know, just production concerns you've got to keep in your head. So it's, it's it's a very tough job to run one of these. But mm -hmm. I do feel like a lot of writers rooms get very, very casual. And it's just like, well, we're just watching college basketball mm -hmm. now. This is like <laughs> I know what we're all getting uh -huh. paid collectively. This is a waste of resources. Yeah. And we only have so many weeks to write this fucking show. What mm -hmm. are we doing? Yeah, I feel like it gets to like the end and you're like, oh, Fuck! Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, we gotta do this. Right, and uh, the show I the show I worked on before the Sarah Silverman show, I the um uh at midnight, mm -hmm. uh, which timing wise, we were recording this in the oh, aftermath of a very boy. very uh bad scandal <gasps> adjacent to that. Uh, but in any in any event, the thing on at midnight is I feel like that was a very well run show because it was just sort of like okay, by this time we have to have this done mm -hmm. and by this time th we have to be uh, this done and then by this time we're uh, you know we're rehearsing and then taping the show so mm -hmm. it, it, I think just like the fact that you had such you had just deadlines imposed on you yeah, made people actually get the work done seems like it would make a room just feel regimented and like a job and like we're, right. we're a very well oiled machine here's a question yes about that whole thing what is a cosplay star um, she, I, they kept saying she's a cosplay star. I didn't know that cosplay had spectators to it. Do you know what cosplay is? Yeah, it's it's like basically it's you like know LARPing. Yeah, well, it's not quite LARPing because I think LARPing implies that you're going to uh, you know do some sort of 
like I'm going to pretend I am this character. Yes. Whereas whereas cosplay is more like I'm just going to dress up like this character. I'm going to dress up like a really I have this this Iron Man suit that I built and I'm going to dress up like mm-hmm. this. And I think in the cosplay world there are some people who largely people who are very photogenic mm-hmm. who have very elaborate costumes and like oh I do a really convincing Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I do a really convincing um uh, you know, Jaina from World of Warcraft. I, oh. I, I kind of like I can sort of uh, embody these characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, for that reason, I am able to ma- turn this into a, an income source in the same way that you can turn a, a podcast into an income source. I mean, I guess. we're living in the wildest time. It really is. Yeah. Where you just record in Mitch's house, <laughs> set up a paywall. No, <laughs> it is weird that we're recording this in Mitch's house. Yes, Mitch, don't come in. <laughs> I have a question. Do yeah. people hit on you via the internet because they enjoy your podcast, um, even though you're married? Well, I think people, I so I have like everything closed off. I have like closed DMs. Oh. I have like, you know, so I, I think like in, in, and maybe this is me flattering myself of, of like, of like, oh, if I didn't have open, if mm-hmm. I had open DMs, I would be swarmed mm-hmm. with suitors. Uh, but uh, I, I, I haven't had that many people who have been like a, a horny for me, for lack of a better term. <laughs> I mean, and they get horny for Mitch. There's a there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of women very horny for my for my co-host uh-huh. Mike Mitchell because he is a very specific type and a lot of people yes. are into that type. And yes. he's a handsome man. He's a handsome little bear. Yeah. Uh but um and so but yeah, I mean I've had a few people just uh say but no one like who has actually uh, someone did say they would suck my dick but i think that was partly a bit i don't know how much okay. of a bit that i think that was partly a bit uh, i i think mostly people are j- are just sort of like you know oh he's married he's very open about that and also maybe mm-hmm. he's like this weird cretin who i don't <laughs> i don't necessarily want to get to know no rather. not weird cretin <laughs> so you completely and utterly have missed Online dating. Yes. So that is a thing that I'm like, not even just the apps, which apps are mm-hmm. like this the, in the 2010s. In the whole 2000s, the Match.com era, yeah. the uh, oh, the Christian Mingle, yep. the J-Dates, uh-huh. I, I never experienced any of that. And I have like, we actually saw our good friends last night that met through J-Date. And it's like, uh-huh. oh, this is so crazy that, that w- this is like a whole, uh-huh. both me and Natalie, my wife, we missed all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean- you're very lucky. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. But do you think it's a bigger, like, it's a greater hell than the previous hell of, like, I have to go to, like, a Chili's and hang out in the bar <laughs> and, like, hope that I meet somebody and that, that just happens to be my soulmate? Well, I feel like when you meet someone in person, you get a better feel for their vibe. Mm, okay. And you can immediately be like, ugh, hard no, or like, oh, I'm feeling a little something. Whereas an app, you're like, all right. You look fine. I swipe right. Great. You know how to text. You're uh, competent at that. You're right. literate. And then you meet them. So there's like more steps to meeting someone to then go, oh, ew, no. Yeah. I I also, I've said it before, I think texting creates a false sense of intimacy. And I think the internet oh, sure. itself creates a false sense of intimacy. So like you'll do a podcast and you'll talk about your life and then people seem like they know you and they don't. They don't know you at all. Or you perform for people and then they want to talk to you and then they're like a little too familiar with you right. because they think they know you and they don't. Do you have I, I I imagine people do that to you. They certainly do it to me and Mitch. Yes. And we have also 
and and I know it, it's it's different for for men and women, and what men, women encounter is more vicious, and maybe because of what the, the what me and Mitch do on the podcast, we insult each other a lot. <laughs> we experience some of that that I'm sure is still uh-huh. also not as bad, but people will just be like, like, hey, what's up, you fucking autistic robot? You know, they're oh, just no! like, they're just like, because they're like, like, you're my friend, I can bust yes. your balls. Just like, well, no, I've known yes. Mike Mitchell for 12 years. Mm-hmm. We're very good friends. Uh, and he that's why he can do that. I don't know who you are, just a stranger shouting at me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that doesn't have I'd say mostly our fans are respectful, but you do encounter that a little bit. Like mm-hmm. you were saying, because of that intimacy, people kind of think like, oh, you're my friend. I can treat you the way I would a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's a little. It's fun. It's in person sometimes. People also people think I I remember everything I say. Oh sure. So they'll repeat things that they've heard on the podcast to me. Oh man. And I, like I I go oh <laughs> yes and like oh don't you remember you said this on how did this get made you know not your podcast but Jason Manzuk is yeah, Paul yeah. Shear's podcast right and I was like oh. Oh boy, what a treat. And they're like, me and my wife say it all the time. I'm like, oh, thank you. And this happened maybe two weeks ago. I was yeah. at a bar doing a show where no one in the bar knew a show was happening. All the lights were on and there was just a stool in the middle of the bar. And oh, I God. was screaming jokes at people who didn't want them. And I was right. like, you know, this is this is fun. You have a show on Netflix, and then you scream in a l- l- very lit bar, and <laughs> life humbles you so much. It's right. so wonderful. But as I was leaving, this guy screamed something at me about a dick, and I was like, "What? What?" He was like, "You know," and I can't even remember what the phrase is. But he repeated it, and I said, "Oh, okay." And he's like, "You said it," and I said, "Oh, where?" How did this get made? Bloodsport. Ah, yes. Two years ago. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Right. Me and my wife love it. Okay. And then was talking to me as I was walking to my car like we were best friends. Oh, And man. I just, and then was saying like other things I had said on the podcast. I was like, maybe this man has only listened to one podcast. And it was that episode. And it really <laughs> stuck with him. And I was like, who am I to be like, sir, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. So I was just like, just try to go along with it. It was very, very strange. And then also on Tinder, this man referenced an Instagram post that I had posted. So we matched. And then his first message to me was a reference from my Instagram. And I read it and I was like, oh, what? Then I was like, oh, he follows me. Oh, okay. That was weird. That was very, very weird. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's dating is starting to get weirder and weirder and weirder. And I don't know if people are talking to me to be like, I like what I see. Or they're like, oh, I know you. And I want to just have a conversation with you because now I have an outlet for you to respond to me. Right. <sighs> oh, I didn't even think of because you're a public figure. So people are like, so someone in an app, a dating app might just be like, oh, this is a chance to meet Nicole Byer. Yes. Oh, that's a bummer. Yes. I didn't even think about that later. And it's very, it's very confusing. And I don't, and lately I keep matching with men who talk to me and then go away. Yeah. So I had a whole conversation with this man. He said, hello. I said, hello. He said, I think you're very pretty. I said, thank you so much. He said, do you like faux or pho? I don't know how to say that. Pho. 
pho. And I said, I've never had pho because I eat like a child and I don't explore. And you don't like soup. I hate soup. Soup is, oh, it's soup? Yeah, it's it's big time soup. It's he like a huge soup. say it was soup. <laughs> well, I'm glad it didn't fucking work out. <laughs> soup is stupid. It's <laughs> the dumbest food. But I said, sure, I'll try $4 pho. And then he goes, I have a beard that's down to my belly button now. Is that okay? And I said, I mean, you have no pictures of it, but I think that's fine. And he went, great. And I said, okay, but like, what does it really look like? And then he unmatched me because I was questioning his belly button beard. And I was gonna, I was about to eat soup for this man. <laughs> Unknowingly eat soup. And I don't know why he unmatched me. And then I matched with this other man and we had a lovely conversation and he said he enjoyed Nailed It on Netflix. Please watch it. And I said, thank you. But then I was like, well, he's a fan. I think that's all he wanted. And I said, you trying to fuck? And then he unmatched me. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I guess the answer was, nah, brah. I ain't trying to fuck. Just want you to know I like bad cakes. <laughs> Is <sighs> it possible he was like me, like a little... uh timid boy and then oh. if he got a message like if i got a message that you trying to fuck i'd be like huh, and like <laughs> throw my phone in the dishwasher <laughs> maybe maybe he threw his phone in the dishwasher and that's why we unmatched because his phone right. is broken yeah. <laughs> i don't know maybe but i think if i end up with a partner ever they would have to be okay with me saying awful things right I like to say awful things. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what's great about you is that you are just you. Like, I don't, I never felt like there's any pretense about you, and I feel like you're just like you seem like so real, and like what you see is what you get. And mm -hmm. I feel like you would want someone who is like that's what I see is what I get, and that's what I want. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I don't know how you find that through an app because so much of knowing <sighs> you is like. Not not just like a person, but you specifically mm -hmm. is like spending time with you and interacting with you and seeing like, oh, this really is like this mm -hmm. is this is who you are. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Cause I will, like, I do think I turn it up a little bit when I'm performing. Sure. And I think it's really weird that people don't understand that. Yeah. I think it's very, very strange because I am who I am when I'm performing. It's just toned down a little bit because it's exhausting <laughs> to have that much energy sure. all the time. Right. Uh, I once, I dated this guy. Okay. I did the weirdest thing. So I dated this guy and then I found his, maybe I won't say this story. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Imagine someone quoting this to you four years from now in the, I the parking won't lot say it! of a sizzler. Okay, I won't say it. But uh, uh, how do I get out of it? Um, um, um. Go to break. Yeah, let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. 
The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving. And I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I gotta say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. 
Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me and canta, muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back! Ah! <laughs> I've lost my mind. I've been shooting uh, more episodes of Nailed It, and it is strange. What are those days like? Like, how long are you shooting? We It's a 12-hour day. Okay. We shoot, I would say, roughly for 10 hours with little breaks in the middle. Mm -hmm. I think we take maybe three half-hour breaks, so it's an hour and a half, so they really have, like, I'd say eight and a half hours of footage for- one 30 minute episode. Oh, so one, so that one shoot day is one episode. Yes. And, wow. uh, it's cause we'll shoot for 12 days and I learned, I don't know, 48 new names in 12 days. That's crazy. So by the end of every day, I'd be looking at someone, I'd be like, I think their name is Jim, but I don't know. But their name could also be Carl. Right. Carl. Was here yesterday or was Jim here yesterday? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> and there was no, no one is ever single on the show. I was like, maybe I will find a contestant to date. Oh, right. But no one is ever single. And if they're single, they're usually a nice gay man. And then all of the camera operators are all married. Everyone in production is married. Everyone in production gets married young. And I think it's because they're in unions and they have steady income right. and like health insurance. So like, oh, I mean, my money situation's all settled. Yes. But I might as well get married. So I don't know if I'll ever meet anyone at work. Yeah, that's actually a huge, the, the financial aspect of it. I mean, I, part of uh, part of when uh, Nally and I got married when we did was we would just like financially we were like, you know what, this makes sense at mm-hmm. this point, like for health insurance reasons. And then also like, you know, for ta- I mean, you save. I imagine it's even uh, it's even more now with this with this uh, shitty new tax bill. But I think mm-hmm. you save more money. You save quite a bit more money filing married versus filing single. Really? Yeah. There's like because there's tax incentives. The government wants you to be married for whatever reason because they, they want it to be a value weird. they incur they encourage. Yeah. So it makes financial sense for long term couples to do so. Golly. Yeah. That sucks. Right. It actually does. It does suck because it's like uh, you know wealthier people are more likely to be married so it's mm-hmm. a, it's another class another thing that makes oh, taxes more regressive you know like a lot of our tax code it's ostensibly progressive but they have all these things programmed in to make sure that the lower class pays a, a disproportionate burden we all pay the same percentage of taxes or is it based on your income it's based on your income but yeah but the way the marginal rates work is that you're paid up to that whatever that threshold is mm-hmm. and then for the next 
threshold that it's taxed on that percentage. So you might be paying a different percentage on different chunks of your income depending on how much you make. Oh. So like, yeah, you might be you you're getting untaxed on I forget what the the numbers are now, but you know, like untaxed on the first twenty five thousand dollars you make, uh-huh. then you're paying like say these these are just totally pulled out of my ass and they're wrong, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to say them for the purpose of illustration. Um, from twenty five thousand to seventy five thousand dollars, that's taxed at fifteen percent. Uh-huh. From seventy five thousand to one hundred twenty five thousand dollars, that's taxed at twenty two point five percent. So yeah, so just that range of income is taxed at that amount. Interesting. Yeah. So that's why when I worked at Lane Bryant, I never paid taxes. I always got taxes back to me. Yeah, that's. I mean, you you can reach a point where you you know if you if you make enough what if you make enough non what the one am I trying to say if non you, if you make enough non taxable income you get money back. Yes, exactly. Yeah, if you if you are low enough in the amount of total mm-hmm. income you make. I was so poor for a very long time. My dad was also like, if you don't make money, don't file. They'll never look for you. He was right. They know I never was audited when yeah. I wasn't making very much money. Right. But I mean Let's that- see, if I made a thousand dollars a month, I made twelve thousand dollars a year. That's those are poverty level wages, even ten <laughs> years ago. That's like and you're living in a major city. You're I was living, living in New York City. It's insane. Yeah, I sometimes my check would be like for five fifty, right? And I would be so because I got paid biweekly, and I would be so excited. But also, my rent was only five hundred dollars, so half of like my one check went to rent, and yes. then the other check went to drinking. Wow. Bow, bow, bow. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I did it, and I don't know if I could ever do it again. Yeah, it's I. I mean, and it's become. I mean, with with housing shortages being what they are it's like it's unsustainable for so many people mm-hmm. yeah it's i it's it's grim and i don't know if you're you were right that that being financially comfortable has to be a big part of how people are able to find stability in their yeah. lives which means they're able to have some sort of stable relationship mm-hmm. uh and yeah i don't know how you do it if you're like broke like i don't know how you you do because dating is also expensive dating is very expensive because movies are very expensive unless you got movie pass and you're okay with them selling your information <laughs> wow i didn't know you were a big uh, privacy crusader i hate movie pass <laughs> so movie pass came out and i said 9.99 and you can see all the movies you want there's something there's something there. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying that there was something there. Then I read an article that was like, oh, because they sell all your information. Right. And I was like, it's not worth it for $9.99. I'll yeah. pay a little bit more. I am anti-movie pass. Wow. <laughs> I think that's going to, I mean, I think some people are going to get mad at you over that. <laughs> Probably. But I don't care. I am very anti-movie pass. Right. I am also anti-Universal Studios Florida. In order for you to get in after paying your money, they take your fucking fingerprint to get in. And I said, dear sir, I don't want to do that. And he said, do you want to get in this park? And I said, uh, yes, but what if I didn't do that? He's like, but if you leave and come back, I said, I'm never leaving and coming back. I'm coming for this day only. Right. I won't walk out and I'll, I'll just be in there and then I'll leave and I'll go live my life. And he said, ma'am, if you want to come in, you will scan your thumb. And I said, fine. And I watched everyone just happily do it. I was like, so now Universal Studios, what are they doing with our fingerprints? Probably Gru's up to something. Probably. Gru will do something. Harry Potter will mm-hmm. take our identities. Right. <laughs> I, 
I guess I am big on privacy. I just don't understand why it's so invasive. Why does Apple want to scan my face for me to get in my phone? Right. What is wrong with a passcode? Right. Why do you want my thumbprint? Yeah, I I will I had a job where you had to have your thumbprint to like sign into your time card. And no. even that we were like this is everyone it's was like what the fuck are you weird. doing? Weird. Yeah, why are we doing this? And then they were like they were like, "Oh, well it's actually it's only storing the data points of they tried to explain it in a way where they didn't actually have your thumbprint. They no. just had the data that showed what your thumbprint was." And we're like, no. "What are you talking about?" Also, you think Ancestry.com and all those places that want you to figure out who you are is just being nice about figuring out who... No! They're collecting data on mm-hmm. us! <laughs> they got all your cum and Let big vats. Let me put my tinfoil hat on and tell you that the government <laughs> is collecting data on all of us! I genuinely am scared of... I don't want to swab my mouth and then send it to somebody because what are you doing with it? Yeah. Also, how does swabbing my mouth tell you where I'm from? I mean, I don't know. I that I have a feeling at some point someone's going to be like, Ancestry.com is all just bullshit. I think it is bullshit. I think they're lying to everybody. Yeah. I think it's very easy to, to, you know, Google a person's name and then go, oh, okay, they look black. We say they're from <laughs> some parts of Africa, uh, South Africa. We say uh, point percent uh, fucking Swedish, and yeah. we send it right back. Right. I don't think it's real. Uh, I, I'd love to send mine in and get it back. Like, wow, I am 110% white. <laughs> uh, sir, you are extra white. <laughs> um, let's see. I online date. So you have friends who met on J-Date. How long ago? Uh, that's a good question. I think we actually asked them. that. I think they said five years. It, <gasps> might, it feels like longer than that now because they have two kids. So I may be, mm-hmm. that may have been when they got married. Um, but yeah, they that's... Uh, what is your here's my question because you were talking yes. earlier about like, you meet sometimes a rando and you don't know what they're after yes. there's a dating app for celebs right there are dating apps yes. for celebs have you tried any of those I talk about it often I am on Raya mm-hmm. Raya waitlisted me for two years I finally was allowed to be on it and there is a lot of like Instagram people on there like oh, very okay. beautiful Instagram models right and like uh, YouTube personalities, and that's all good and fine, but that's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. Like I would like to meet maybe like a nice comedy producer who's like in his 40s and has built a nice you know name for himself, and he's got his own money, and uh, and he's a nice man. But I don't even know if that exists. I don't know if there are nice producers who exist. Those, so the, and those people might not also necessarily be on Raya. No, because and I don't know where they. Right, because that that app is screening for classic hunks and classic babes. Yes, truly. Everybody on it is so beautiful. Mm. Uh, And I don't know. Like I I have matched with a couple people on it, and it's a lot of, oh, I know who you are, and here's what I do. Yeah. And I go, oh, okay. I don't care. And then nothing happens. Nothing has happened on that app. Tinder, I feel like, is just a graveyard of very gross people. And I matched with a pizza the other day. A pizza? Yep. It was a picture of a pizza. His name was Pizza or its name was Pizza. Mm -hmm. And we matched because I was like, I'll probably match with this pizza. (laughs) (laughs) And then the pizza messaged me and said, Pizza loves you. And I said, thank you. And that's it. And I don't know. I just. That was just someone having a laugh, right? Some goofball. I guess. I don't know. I feel like 
That's what Tinder is. Everyone's just trying to laugh. Right. I I don't know. And then I matched with a friend's ex-boyfriend. And then I was like, uh, maybe, maybe he likes me. But then I was like, I can't date my friend's ex-boyfriend. Right. I don't know. Uh, this man, he sent me a strange message. It said, Nicole, please help me. I just ate an unreasonable amount of chili. But he spelled chili C-H-I-L-L-Y. So I don't know if he's eating cold wind mm. or a misspelled version of chili, the food. And I was going to write that, but then I said, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, the guy, the kind of guy who would write that is the kind of guy who would misspell chili, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, I bet it was the food, but and he, he doesn't know how it's spelled. Yeah, I don't know. So this man, on my profile, mm-hmm. it says I'm all about the D, and by D I mean dinner. So this man, Jake, messaged me, finally, someone else about that D. I said, mm-hmm, yes, I love to have the D every day. He said, are you a fan of large D daily, or do you like to switch up sizes? And I was like... Is he talking about dicks mm. or is he talking about uh, is he talking about like dinner like I am? So I said to him, it depends on how much B and L I've had. And also I get S's. And he said S's. I said snacks. Like, how are you not following that? Yeah. And then he said, oh, I call them quickies. And I was like, OK. And then he said, let's get to exploiting post haste. And I don't know what that means. I was like, does that mean he, what is exploiting? What are we doing? And then that's it. I think he didn't get the dinner part. Like, that seems like a guy who was only talking about sex, and he didn't get any of it. Ugh. That That's the way I interpreted it. Maybe. I don't know. Why would he call, because, like, why would he call a, a, like a, a snack? I call them quickies. Yeah. Like, to me, that strikes me as, like, like oh, I, he's trying to parse what you're writing from a sex standpoint. Ah, I was so confused the whole time. I was like, I feel like he's not following what yeah. I'm saying, and I'm surely not following what he's right. saying. Oh, boy. I think that would be a frustrating relationship because he might be <laughs> dumb, but at minimum, he can't follow the game of the scene. Yeah. And that's tricky. And I truly, I just want, I want a funny man. I want, or lady, I don't mm-hmm. know. I just, I want someone who's funny and nice. It has their own money. And I don't know if I'm ever going to find that. Nick, I have a question. Yes. Even though, well, let's say, if you weren't married, yeah. uh, would you date me? Why won't you date me? <laughs> uh, I would, yeah, I would date you. I would, but here, here's the thing. I am... I find myself like I think like I would have trouble keeping up with you because uh-huh. I am not the party animal that you are. Okay, and I I mean I think you're a, you're a, 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 you're super funny and you're very pretty and oh, I thank and you. I like I I like really like you know everything that you do and I, I enjoy spending time with you but I don't think I could drink like eight <laughs> shots of gin on a weeknight. Uh huh. Like I just like that's not a lifestyle I can Fair. I can hang with anymore. Um, and also, this is this is another thing. Uh, I am very much like kind of have the personality of like a wealthy dowager <laughs> who's, you know, who's wearing a monocle and then someone says something outrageous at the opera and it drops into her champagne flute. <laughs> like that's kind of and like uh-huh. so I feel like if you if I was like out to dinner with you and you said something uh, ribald uh-huh. to our server, I would be so embarrassed. I wouldn't be able to show my face in there again. <laughs> 
So I, I, I think I think that could create some incompatibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, like it, in terms of how you find you, you said you wanted someone funny and nice, and I was like, I was like, oh, you're in the UCB community, and then mm-hmm. you were like with money, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, there you, go. that's the issue. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. How, I mean, have you tried dating other comedians, like people who are maybe I at your level of success? Had dated some improvisers. Yeah like years ago right and nothing really worked out well and then there aren't really any improvisers around now who are working who are single right but you also do stand up i mean do do you ever meet people on the road or at shows no Mm. so i go to places like naples florida yeah sacramento which is the worst place i've ever been (laughs) i did not leave my hotel room for fear of the people outside. Right. <laughs> they really scared me. Everyone there was so scary. Sacramento is I've I <sighs> last time I was there was to be to play bassoon in the California All-State Orchestra my oh. senior year of high school. And uh yeah, it's not it's just kind of like it's a nothing town. Yeah, I did not like it. Yeah. And uh the people there were trash. No offense. If you listen to the podcast and live in Sacramento, leave. Just leave. <laughs> if you're a good person in Sacramento, get out. Everyone else is bad. Uh, I had to kick people out of my shows there. Almost every show I did, I threw people out of them. Oh, my God. Uh, and then meet and greets. My audience is women and gay men. Okay. And if there is a straight man there, it's because they came with their girlfriend. Their girlfriend dragged them there. Okay. So it's hard to meet men like a chuckle fucker man. Right. And then uh, male stand-ups, my assessment of them is they were probably real nerdy in high school, figured out how to be funny, and then discovered women like them, Mm -hmm. and they're on a real trip about that. Yeah. Where they're like, well, if women like me, I got to get the hottest, most beautiful one. Like there's one comic, he's a very attractive comic, always has two women with him. He's always dating two women who are just cool with it. Yeah. So I don't know if I'll ever meet like a stand-up who's like cool dating just another regular old stand-up. I feel like they're always looking for the like unattainable that they finally can have. Yeah. Like a very King of Queens mentality. Right. Where, you know, you got a fat fucking piece of shit. (laughs) I'm married to a beautiful woman. Right. These are these are former nerds having their late in life fuck rampages and they're kind of like, I you know, I'm I have a very specific type in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't think I'm that type. And I know that I'm a very specific type of person. I'm loud. I'm also visibly loud. Mm And then I don't, like, today I'm pretty dressed down, but a lot of times I'm wearing very bright colors. I'll have colorful hair and big hair and lots of lipstick. So I, I know that, like, being with me is uh, a commitment to being yeah, seen. Right. By the way, can I, I, I on that note, because my wife is a huge fan of yours. Like, she <gasps> really? just, she thinks you're, like, so funny. And she just said, like, she listens to I want to meet her so bad. She's great. She's a lovely person. We, we would, she's, she's down seeing her family today, or else uh, I, w- I would have had her uh, maybe come by. But uh, she specifically commented to me uh, when I said I was going to come on your podcast about uh, how great your style is. Oh. And just, like, how much she loves your style. And, and, like, she's so envious of anyone who can pull that off with such confidence. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. That's a real treat to hear because I spent a lot of time searching for unique pieces. Right. Like you're wearing this, you got a smiley face t-shirt on today that's very charming. Well, this was just from Forever 21. I saw it and I said, 
That reminds me of the 90s. <laughs> right, I yeah. I had a shirt like that growing up. I want one now. Pre, pre Before that was a, an, a, an emoji. That was just the smiley yes, face. Yes, it was just a fun little smiley face. What is, there was a, oh, have a nice day. That's what used to be under it. Yes. I got it. Have a nice day. And then there's a bumper sticker that uh, Forrest Gump invented that says shit happens under <laughs> right, the smiley face. Right, yeah. <laughs> I've seen Forrest Gump. <laughs> So many times as of recent, because every time, for whatever reason, E aired it all day, every day during Christmas. Weird. And every time it was on, I sat down and watched it. It's a very watchable movie. It's also long. It's super long. It's like three hours. It's the story of a woman who is sexually abused in her youth, who then kind of manipulates a man with a learning disability. It's pretty grim. Who creates a bunch of things in history for other people. It's a wild movie. It's crazy. It's really crazy, all the stuff that happens. I would love to read the script, because I'm sure if that script came into someone's hands today, they would be like, Nah, brah, <laughs> this is wild. We can't do this movie. It does feel like they they reached a certain point. Maybe it was the, to- the cutoff of the 21st century where they just stopped making like big, weird movies. Like, like <laughs> the fact that it was like a Robert Zemeckis movie with like a huge budget and uh-huh. a movie star in it. And it's just like, that's an insane premise for mm-hmm. a movie. Uh, and, and now it has to have some existing property attached. But uh, you know, you mentioned the script. There actually is a Forrest Gump book. <gasps> Which I guess goes even further. Like in the Forrest Gump book, he goes to the moon. Yes, which he is crazy. Does. And then I guess in the there's a sequel to Forrest Gump that was written that I have not read. Forrest Gumper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gump and Gumper. Um, uh, and the uh, the uh, it's it's a that one I guess goes even is even crazier. I think o, the OJ trial may be referenced in some oh way. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's so bananas. I honestly. I guess, yeah, I have to read the Forrest Gump and Forrest Gumper because mm-hmm. I genuinely love the movie and all of its insane. It's an insane movie. Right. And the restaurant is also insane. Every time I go, I win trivia. And you better believe there's no prize. <laughs> they just go, you win. And I go, great. Can I buy some glasses? <laughs> is it all Gump trivia? Oh, you better believe it oh, is. Oh, so that's why you got you. You nail it. Yeah, because I know Forrest Gump. Right. Here's a question. What kind of shoes did Jenny wear at her wedding? Oh, I have no idea. None. She wore her feet. She wasn't wearing no shoes. Oh, that's a good That's a good <laughs> trick trivia question. Because if you're is. an avid watcher of the film, you would know that. Uh, what does Lieutenant Dan wear under his uh, suit pants at the wedding? Okay, is the answer also nothing? Nah, it's uh, aluminum legs because oh, he okay. lost his legs in the war. Yeah, well, I see that one I did know, but the way it was phrased, I thought <laughs> we were referring to his undergarment. No, uh, I was just trying to trick you to see if you remember he <laughs> lost his legs. I'm trying to think of more trivia. Did you? What do you get? Like, how often do you go to Bubba Gump and what do you get? <laughs> um, I haven't been since last year. Okay. Last time I went, I think I got popcorn shrimp and a bunch of vodka sodas. Yeah. And just got real drunk and wandered around Universal City Walk. Yeah. Which is maybe one of my favorite places in LA. Really? I love Universal City Walk. I love Jumbo's Clown Room. Um, And that's about, those are, yeah, those are like my two favorite places. Have you ever taken a date either of those places? No, but I did do an interview once at Jumbo's. Really? Yeah, we went at like five before I got really busy. Yeah. And then I gave her like $100, the lady interviewing me, and I was like, you got a tip after every song. Because <laughs> she didn't bring any dollar bills. So you you told her, meet me at Jumbo's Clown Room mm-hmm. and we'll talk? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. What was the publication? 
Um, I don't know. It was in, maybe Bustle. Okay. It was an internet publication. Wow. But it was very fun. And then I was like, I think I do this all the time. <laughs> it's fun. You have a cocktail. You watch some ladies dance. You throw some money at them. You answer some like hard-hitting questions. It's good. <laughs> and then a lot of the girls were like, thank you for tipping after every song. Because people don't know. Ooh, I'll do a PSA. Brum, brum, brum. Excuse me. If you go to a strip club or a burlesque club where girls are working, you have to tip at least a dollar every song. And if you cannot afford that... Leave after you run out of money hmm. because that's how they make their money. They work right. on tips and they might, I don't know how much they get paid. It might be like a server where you're making two, three, four dollars an hour and then the rest is tips. Right. I love tipping. I, I fancy myself a big tipper. And I think if I ever went to a strip club, that would be the part I would enjoy the most. The mm-hmm. fact that I get to tip. I would it's be, I mean, like the, the my favorite. Yeah. The in your face nudity would make me uncomfortable, <laughs> but I would, I would really enjoy dutifully throwing dollar bills well, up on stage. Jumbos is burlesque. They don't, okay. it's not topless. Okay. And they have their panties on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I've never been to a strip club, but I did when I was eight years old. I was on vacation with my parents <laughs> to Mexico. <laughs> And they just were like, oh, we'll take you to a beach. And they didn't realize it was was like a a topless beach. beach. Yeah. And uh, it was, I'm 37 now. And that day on the beach with my my brother, who's five years older than me, we were just like staring at like like every boob. Like there were so many boobs. It's still (laughs) the the most boobs I've ever seen at once. It's just like, I've never, I peaked at age eight. There's just like, this That's is crazy. So much IRL nudity. Funny. Something I'd never, exp- I, I don't think I'd seen an R-rated movie at that point. And I'm just seeing full on like attractive naked women. I feel like now I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Maybe like two years ago, I'd be like, wow, wow, wow. But I've been trying to retrain my brain that like breasts are for milking children. Right. Oh, wait, feeding? <laughs> <laughs> Putting milk into their mouths. (laughs) Oh, I said something on your podcast that has now turned into a joke that's my favorite joke. Do you remember I said that kids can't make you come? Yes. I've now written a full five-minute joke about how true that is. Oh, that's great. People hate it. (laughs) The first time I told it was at the Virgil, and a lady literally went, stop! (laughs) And then I, like... Got so scared and was like, oh, maybe this is bad. But then I was like, no, fuck you guys. I'll spend the rest of this year perfecting this joke. (laughs) And then that's what I did. And now it's a full-fledged, I think it's a four and a half minute joke about kids can't make you come. And it goes, it crushes. (laughs) That's awesome. It crushes if I crush for the whole set and I go, you guys want to hear a joke you're going to hate? And they're like, yeah, because we love you right now. Uh Uh-huh crushes if it's a like a middling set and i'm like you want to hear a joke that you're gonna hate they're like "Eh, i guess it will go so poorly right that i have to rethink my whole career in comedy (laughs) so why don't you i mean you could always just uh you know bail at that point i guess yes but i am stubborn yeah and i'm very committed to Mm -hmm. go down with the ship got it so i've done it to like not booze, not quite booze yet, but like people being like, oh no. I mean, being like, oh yes, you mildly asked for this, so you'll have to listen to the whole thing. <sighs> All right, we've come to an end. 
Nick, do you have anything you want to promote? Check out Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants right here on the HeadGum Network, hosted by me, Nick Weiger, and my good friend, Mike Mitchell. We review chain restaurants and fast food. And it's very fun. We got a lot of great guests. It's a great time. They get good guests. And if you like food, you'll love it. Ooh, you should listen to the Chicken Nugget Power Hour. Yeah, me and you and John Gabris. It's just a bunch of chewing. That was crazy. (laughs) I, I was going to say... Because you cited the Kids Can't Make Me Come episode. That was our Cinnabon episode yes, you did yes, with yes. us in December, uh, which was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, Nicole's the the funniest. So uh, that that's a good jumping on point if you're if you're listening to this podcast. Thank you for being here. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for having me. This was a treat. Thank you. You're a treat and a real dream. If you like this podcast and you thought this was a treat and a dream, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you leave a little nasty message, I'll read it out loud. Oh, shit. I should have queued this up. Oh, boy. I'm looking for it. Oh, Marissa's always like, you should have one queued up. Do you have it queued up? And I'm like, yeah, girl. And I never do. <laughs> okay. Now, okay, where is my why won't you date me? Oh boy. Okay, here it is. Don't cut any of this out, Marissa. Just leave this in. Okay, see all the ratings. Okay, swipe by. Okay. <laughs> this is awful. I, no, I really good. should have it queued up, but I'm very, very bad. Are you looking for a one star? What are you looking for? I'm looking for a nasty review. Oh, got it. Because I asked for them and people don't leave them. They leave me nice reviews. Right. Okay, I'm trying to, I get a lot of reviews, which is nice. Okay, here is a good one. This is from R, or no, D. Rivas. Hey, Nicole, your podcast gets me through the day, and I love the pains that come with dating in today's world. I'd pay you $100 to let me drink your beef curtains with bathwater. <laughs> hey, Nicole, this is from This Is Sin. Hey, Nicole, love all your amazing work you do. And since I'm here, let me eat that puss. And that was in all caps. So things like that, I'll read them out loud. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. has been a Team Coco production. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a mysterious room of long-forgotten moldy mascot memorabilia, often pitched by ad agencies, always rejected by NJM. Is it real? We may never know. But what is real is NJM's dedication to doing what's right for their customers. Astoundingly, they're proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. Learn more at njm.com. If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512.24 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards.